0: Hi, hey everybody, and welcome to Will This Be On The Test? I'm Maddie. I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk to you about some of the things you should have learned in school but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just looking at her blankly. I, I was going to say something, but then she looked at me, and it was funny, and it completely ruined my train of thought.
0: <laughs> I can't believe it's been a week. This week went really quickly. It did. I realized I took two paid time off days this week, and I realized I have literally never done that in my salaried life. What? In my entire salaried existence, I have never taken two vacation days in a row.
1: That's insane.
0: Well, as a teacher, I think I got a grand total of two or three every year, and... Even for our wedding. Even for our wedding. We got married on a normal weekend. It wasn't a long weekend, anything like that. I took Monday off afterwards. I didn't even, like, help with the prep work much the day before. No. Granted, the day before was uh, teacher in services, which usually ended early. But I didn't realize it was a district-level day, and those never end early. It was funny, though, because the rest of my team was like... Why are you here? And we, oh, and it was the one where we went out of town. We went out of town to go tour something.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, but it's okay. Um, her brother and his brother's like super like macho-y friends helped with the decorating.
0: They make and really they a, nice pom-poms.
1: They did an amazing job. So like next time you're trying to decorate for a wedding, just find your manliest friends and let them go because they will know how to do this just instinctively.
0: I took two days off in a row for the first time since I worked in hourly job. And even then, like my, I tried to avoid it because, you know, you want your full 40 hours. You want your your money. And if you are the kind who takes a lot of days off in a lot of service industries, they stop putting you on the schedule. So I would take a day off here, a day off there. This, I took two days off and did pretty much nothing at the instruction of Austin.
1: I said, okay, what I want you to do for me today is watch bad TV and don't think.
0: <laughs> yeah, back even when I was a teacher and I would take my occasional day off, I would usually have appointments or I would have this big plan to clean the house or something like that. And I did have plans to clean the house during this. And I did do a little. and We're doing more this weekend. We are actually podcasting from the most cramped room in history because Austin pulled up our carpet in the neighboring room and everything had to get moved out. So it's all here now.
1: It was, it needed to be done, and we, um, before the stay at home and everything shut down, we had arranged a large trash pickup day so we could tear out the carpet, but it got canceled because of everything, until we found out yesterday that, nope, it's back on, so we are in a, we are in a scramble to get everything, like, ready to go out to be garbage.
0: And we need to update you about the locked door room situation we mentioned last week. The bedroom that has the lock on the outside that's had some weird activity happen in it. And then I suddenly, like, we suddenly started thinking, wait, are there bars on the windows?
1: There was something on the windows.
0: Yeah, there was something that was nailed or screwed in at regular intervals on the windows. Now, we're not saying it definitely was bars. It could have been... Something else.
1: Something else. Weird curtain rod situation.
0: Yeah, like the curtain rods were definitely installed incorrectly. Like they drilled into the door, the window frame instead of on the sides. But guys, this house is weird. Like that door. I need to post a a picture of the lock remains because you can see the clear outline of this lock. And now there are potentially bars on the windows. Um, It used to be Austin's sister's room. Yeah. And it was not locked then, although he did, there are drawers that pull out in front of the door from a linen closet, so he used to lock her in that way. <laughs> I was
1: a great older brother, and you know what? She, I love my sister. She deserved
0: it. She went out the window instead, Yeah, because it is on the first floor. But we asked her, and she said that she had never noticed anything weird in there, but it's it hasn't been ramping up. I've seen a couple things out of the corner of my eye in the last few days, but no full doppelgangers recently or anything.
1: I think it is just our human brains being bad at seeing stuff and interpreting what we see.
0: Explain the light switch.
1: I can't, but I'm thinking a lot of it is just our human brains being bad at processing information.
0: But see, all of this started when we started talking about renovating the upstairs bedroom.
1: And we've started renovating the upstairs bedroom, so you think things are going to pick up again?
0: I think if there's something here, they're going to pick up. Ooh. That said, I don't know if there's something that's always here or if it's just something that's like in the area that comes by sometimes.
1: Okay. Well, obviously, we're going to get a radio tuned to static and start asking questions and see if we hear voices. I
0: actually got an EMF detector on my phone. And I know that sounds like bullshit, but it turns out that your phone has like actual that's how that's how phone compasses and directions work is things that can be basically turned into an EMF reader. And we tested it on things that we knew had magnets and it worked. So next time something weird happens, I'm going to turn that on. And we looked at getting one of those. I also
1: got you an EMF reader for Christmas last year.
0: That's right. That's right. (laughs) Did you forget about that? I always forget about things. You know that. Yeah. I think I know where it is. We also looked at getting one of those optim- optimist things. Opti-
1: I know. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that like turns like electromagnetic readings into noise. And sometimes it sounds like voices.
0: Yeah. We've been watching a lot of BuzzFeed Unsolved. And my bad TV, I watched, uh, I started with the most recent season of American Horror Story at the camp. And that was bad. But then I went on to Supernatural, which is not bad.
1: There was an episode in which they were Scooby-Doo. I didn't know that existed. I just kind of like walked in. I'd been cooking and suddenly everyone's Scooby-Doo. And I had to stop what I was doing and watch this all.
0: And they actually had the voice actors for Scooby-Doo play their characters. And I didn't know Matthew Lillard was shaggy.
1: That man is a treasure.
0: And the Scooby-Doo movies, the live action ones, are actually like enjoyable. The
1: first one was really enjoyable. The second one was kind of meh, but oh my god, the first one.
0: I worked in a movie theater at the time that came out, and I so I got to see it for free, and it was so much fun. Well, let's see. Nothing else really to update. You all know what's going on in the world at this point, and the county reopens for us on Monday, and I'm very anxious about it, but nothing I can do about it. Yep. Although, I did go to the doctor yesterday, or I went to get lab work done, and this lab work is being done in a medical facility. It's not a standalone lab. And a dude came in not wearing a mask. And I couldn't figure it out because I thought medical facilities were all, like, mandating that. Like, I accidentally walked into a different building that was attached to it. And they had, like, a nurse at the door who was checking people in and you had to wear a mask. This one, he just came in without his mask and then, like, shoved by the by the. Fl- phlebotomist while saying i forgot my mask so she couldn't even like stop him because it was a kiosk check-in they didn't have people there to notice him before that and it just made me really mad yeah it's not hard like even if you did forget your mask pull your t-shirt up mm-hmm. do something like show that you care who was first this week i think
1: it's you this time
0: right last week was cardiff giant and then cats yep the history thereof not the musical
1: And also the musical.
0: A little bit of the musical. So I go first this week. This week, I am covering the history of birth control. Oh, really? Yeah. In school, you and I, we technically didn't go to an abstinence-only school.
1: But we had a teacher that was pretty abstinence-only teaching health.
0: Yeah, this teacher basically told us we were going to hell if we even learned about these other things. But by God, we watched the PCP video.
1: We watched that twice because it was near the end of the school year and she'd given up. And so I was like, hey, can we watch the PCP video again? And we bullied her into it. PCP. PCP. What do you like other than PCP? PCP. PCP.
0: I need to look up that video and see if that's real. I don't think it's real.
1: I think it's real because we both remember it. No, I Unless this is a shared hallucination. No, I
0: think the video is real. I don't think the dude is real. Oh. Like, I think he's an actor. that,
1: That might be.
0: So we didn't.
1: Hey, actors can do PCP too. Don't let things like this limit you actors. You can do whatever you want.
0: But the point is, I had more comprehensive sex ed in my Catholic school than I did in my public school. And they did that thing where they like take the piece of tape and put it on one person's hand and then put it on another. And like, that's how you get STDs. But still more comprehensive than what we got in high school at our public school. We barely learned about birth control to begin with. And We definitely didn't learn about the history of it, which is actually really important. And I think really interesting. So my sources, CNN, WebMD, BibleGateway.com, Christian Bible Reference Site, PBS, Time, MedBlog, USA Today. Before I start... Yes, I have a couple of Bible resources on here. No, this is not saying... If your religious beliefs are like, hey, I don't believe in birth control, cool. You do you. Just don't hurt anybody else and don't force anybody else. We're cool. But I actually just needed to look up some facts.
1: So if basically we're covering a history thing and history is going to include all of the weird Bible
0: shit. Yeah. It's like there are different belief systems on everything. And this was important because this is actually why I'm talking about it today is that the Supreme Court this week is debating whether or not religious institutions should be forced to include birth control in their insurance plan. Now, as of the time we're recording this, a decision has not been made. It's a group of nuns that are like, really pushing this thing, which is actually kind of weird to me because most nuns I've seen talk about this are very much like, you know, we believe that you shouldn't be having sex before marriage anyway, but we also recognize that we can't stop everybody, so we might as well make sure people are healthy. We also recognize that birth control can fix other medical issues. So it's just this one, I think, almost outlier group. But the Supreme Court is hearing this week whether or not religious institutions should include birth control on their insurance plans. Without insurance, folks, birth control can cost hundreds of dollars. Dollars, like per month. And it's not just used for birth control, but we'll talk about that. So we tend to think of birth control as a modern idea, right? Right. We think that prior to the invention of the pill, women were naturally inclined to want as many children as possible, as were men, because you know
1: I mean this, they were good farm hands.
0: And that it's only these damned feminists who want to change this.
1: Exactly.
0: Well, the history of birth control literally begins thousands plural. Years ago.
1: Thousands of years ago?
0: Thousands. In fact, it's even mentioned in the Bible, but it was not favorable. Genesis 38, 8 through 9, a dude named Onan is told he has to impregnate his sister-in-law, but instead he engages in coitus interruptus, which is pulling out, which, folks, it's not effective. So if if you don't want to have kids or whatever, that's not an effective method. Use something else. He, of course, was killed as a result because the Lord did not like it. Seriously, at this point, if I remember the whole story correctly, his brother had died, so now it was his job to impregnate his sister-in-law. Or maybe his brother was infertile. I can't remember which. So
1: I'm sorry, but the method recommended by religious people is the only one proven to kill you in the Bible. Yes. Wonderful.
0: At the time, like at the historical time in which the story is set, Ish, like, because of course time is relative in this, they believed that women's bodies actually had no part in the process and it's like babies cropped up from sperm alone. So basically he had just killed a bunch of babies.
1: Oh my God. Like
0: that's the Elwood's Woods argument, isn't it?
1: It's the Elwood's Woods argument <laughs> from Legally Blonde, for those of you wondering.
0: Now, I also want to mention that this is, of course, the Old Testament. When I went to Catholic school, we were taught that the Old Testament was supposed to be a background in history not a textbook where the New Testament was our textbook. Our New Testament was where we were supposed to take our lessons from. There is no mention of anything remotely like this in the New Testament.
1: Oh, so now, now they're cool with saying the Old Testament's history, but when it comes to gay people, be like you know having rights, they're suddenly against it because of the Old Testament.
0: Yeah, it, there's a lot of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. So it's one of those things. Like, and the Ten Commandments are in the Old Testament.
1: So, oh my God, we can murder.
0: We can murder. <laughs> Like, the whole thing gets so confusing, you know? Because Christianity is a New Testament religion, and you were supposed to use the teachings of Jesus, not the Old Testament eye for an eye stuff that's there. Or, you know, what was it? Getting angry. Oh, no, that's New Testament. Getting angry at a fig tree and lighting it on fire.
1: That is absolutely. No, he, <laughs> he didn't light it on fire. He cursed it.
0: <laughs> um, he, got,
1: he got divine magic involved to stop this fig tree.
0: Again, believe whatever you want to believe as long as you aren't hurting anybody. But it does get really confusing, especially to young people when you're told, believe this part, but not this part, but you're also not allowed to cherry pick. (laughs) We were told that we were supposed to leave the religion if we wanted to pick and choose the parts we agreed with.
1: Oh, man. If they followed that, there would be no one left in religion.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So a page called Christian Bible Reference Site, which is actually a very pro-Bible site, this is not a let's debunk the Bible site, this is literally a let's educate about the Bible, says that contraception itself is not brought up, and while the Bible gives clear guidance on many, many moral issues, birth control is actually not one of them, so when it is made into a religious issue, it's based on individual interpretation or a church's interpretation, not directly from the Bible and its teachings. Huh. So I just thought that was really interesting. So let's talk about history, history outside the Bible. There is a cave painting from some 15,000 years ago. 15,000. A
1: cave painting.
0: In France. It is believed to show a man wearing a rudimentary condom. We also know about condoms from the legends of King Min- Minos Minos of Crete, 3000 BCE, and the legendary son of Zeus and Europa, who apparently used goat bladders for this purpose.
1: Goat bladders. Goat bladders. Those poor goats.
0: I mean, honestly, it might have worked. Yeah, it is As long as you could, like-
1: It is a thin, waterproof membrane. It would probably work.
0: Yeah. In 1500 BCE, we know that Egyptian women attempted to control their fertility by mixing honey, sodium carbonate, and crocodile dung, and then putting it into their vaginas prior to sex. What? Unfortunately for them-
1: They put crocodile (laughs) dung in their vaginas.
0: Outside of this being probably disease riddled- We have since learned that crocodile dung actually increased the chance of pregnancy. How? Um, It messes with your pH in a way that is advantageous to conception.
1: So, um, I guess people who are having trouble having kids, get some crocodile dung all up in. Please don't do that. It's natural. Please don't do that. It's natural.
0: (laughs) Crocodile dung essential oils.
1: (laughs) Ooh, oil of crocodile dung. We could make millions (laughs) and prove its historic purpose.
0: We'd have to get uh, a crocodile, though.
1: We just have to go into the sewers.
0: The, the ninja turtles are down there, not crocodiles. I mean, we can just use
1: their dung. They eat a lot of pizza. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in ancient China, concubines literally drank lead and mercury to prevent pregnancy.
1: I mean, I guess that would work.
0: It did work, but it also results in horrible, horrible illness and death. In 200, a Greek gynecologist, how cool is it that in 200 they had gynecologists in Greece? Like, they were advanced. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, I I mean, it's advanced to have gynecologists, but this dude, Seranus, told women that they shouldn't have sex during their periods if they didn't want to get pregnant, believing that this was their most fertile time, as opposed to among the least. Again, if you don't want to get pregnant, you can still get pregnant during your period. That is not birth control. He also told them that they should hold their breath during sex and sneeze afterwards as these things would also prevent uh, contraception or prevent conception.
1: Hold your breath and sneeze. Yep.
0: I mean, it's really advanced that they had gynecologists. It means that they had people who actually thought that women's bodies were of value and needed health care. He just didn't know much yet. I mean,
1: we also just we just didn't know much back then. Yeah. Everything was guesswork and it worked once on this guy. So let's keep doing it.
0: Mm hmm. In the 10th century in Persia, women were told to jump backwards seven or nine times to dislodge sperm, as seven and nine were magical numbers. Also something that won't work.
1: Yeah, and we all know that um, magical numbers are... Actually, no, seven is a magical number, I guess. Yeah. They're they're right. They're right. The magical number thing is right.
0: Yeah, no, the magical number thing, that's a real thing. um, But jumping up and down to prevent conception will not happen.
1: So it was like, what, cartwheels? You need to spin it up? Seven to nine cartwheels. Seven
0: to nine cartwheels. Yes, that's exactly what you need. Good. Um, And then I've got one that I'm curious to see what Pliny the Elder has to say about this. Because this is in the Middle Ages, which was after his time, I believe. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know how time works. But this was definitely done without his clear instructions, which is probably why it didn't work. In the Middle Ages, women were instructed to wear the testicles of a weasel around their necks or thighs during intercourse to prevent pregnancy.
1: Around their
0: thighs? Where are they getting weasel testicles? Weasels. Weasels. Like, is there a weasel farm specifically for this? Is Are these one-time use only? Do you have to get new ones every time?
1: I mean, you just go to the drugstore and you buy like a pack of weasel testicles. They come in little packages and you just unroll them. <laughs>
0: Again, I should I hopefully don't have to say this to you all, but we also had people drink Lysol. So Don't do don't this. Don't do this. <laughs> it's
1: like if you see a
0: weasel I mean,
1: do not harvest its testicles. First of all, there's only a fifty percent chance that weasel even has testicles.
0: <laughs> and, you know, that's animal cruelty. Yes. Unless you are a weasel farmer who's I guess, sterilizing your weasels for some reason. Do you,
1: Okay, weasel farmers out there, do you sterilize your weasels?
0: Why? Like, I don't think it would be advantageous <laughs> on a weasel farm. No! <laughs> but, I mean, people also raise horses and do that, so... <sighs> Maybe these are professional
1: racing weasels that they have to... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'll talk about uh, what happened in the 1800s a little bit more when I get to men. But birth control began to really take part... Uh, take off for women in the latter part of the 1800s. And then there was this dude named Anthony Comstock. Anthony Comstock was not a scientist, was not a doctor, was not a politician. He was a farmer or a rancher. I didn't write it down. He thought that the fact that women were wanting to control birth and have control over their, their bodies was obscene and it was against his religion. So he took it upon himself to write an act which somehow made it in front of Congress. This is called the Comstock Act.
1: Oh, this sounds familiar. I've heard this before.
0: Never learned about this in school. I've heard the phrase. But it's always been kind of in context with- Like, what's what's happening on the Supreme Court right now? Yeah. It was passed in 1873, and it disallowed the spread of information about contraceptives to both the general public and doctors. And in particular, it made it a federal offense to send this information through the mail or across state lines. What? Yeah. Like, there was legitimate medical research being done that now could no longer be shared. Some states were like, oh, cool, this means that we can take even more control over people's bodies? So in some states, it was flat out illegal to sell or use any kind of birth control whatsoever, including if you were married, and you could go to prison for it in some states like Connecticut. So if they found out that a married couple was using any form of contraception in Connecticut, they could go to jail.
1: Why? Who's telling them? Yeah. It's like it's like someone like does like some man burst out of his room and said, Boy, that was great. I love condoms. Then he gets arrested.
0: <laughs> I have no idea. And then bear in mind though, they were not spreading what at the time would have been medically accurate information. And then think about what women in ancient Egypt were doing. That never stopped. Women were still using natural remedies to decrease their fertility now some of them were safer there are plants you can you could eat there are things like that none of them are as uh foolproof as today's birth control is but a lot of them were really dangerous like could kill you could render you infertile could cause diseases dangerous without appropriate medical information women were just doing those things and i'd imagine there were a couple of men out there also doing it
1: oh yeah i'm sure It's like there are
0: men who also don't want to have kids or don't want to whatever So, there have always been men who are also on board. The Comstock Act remained in place exactly as it was for nearly half a century. Then Margaret Sanger came along. Margaret Sanger was a nurse, and she actually coined the phrase birth control in 1914. She began to disseminate a newsletter called The Woman Rebel, for which she was arrested because it contained information about contraceptives and was going through the mail and across state lines. She fled the country before going to trial. She returned to the States in 1916 and opened the country's first family planning clinic, which was shut down in a week and a half. She was, of course, arrested again. However, this resulted in the Crane Decision of 1918, which allowed women to use birth control for, quote, therapeutic purposes. In 1921, she created the American Birth Control League, which later became Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood has been around in one form or another for over 100 years. At this time, though, birth control methods were still largely focused on men. Condoms. Women wanted some control over their bodies. So in the 1920s, again, no matter what our president says, Lysol does not go on the inside. Oh, no. Women were douching with Lysol.
1: No. They
0: even had a marketing campaign that said that using it as a douche would, quote, protect your married happiness and heavily implied that it would work as a birth control.
1: I'm guessing it did not.
0: No, but it, I mean, unless it rendered you infertile. But oh. also, like, can you imagine how much that would hurt? Like, I know you don't have the parts that that would no, hurt. No, I've gotten but... Lysol
1: on like like paper cuts, and that's not pleasant. I can't imagine. Yeah.
0: and this could have like lasting problems. Women were also using Coca-Cola in this method. Coke has been used for everything.
1: Was this before or after they had cocaine in it? 1920s? So I don't think they had cocaine in it anymore in the 20s. They don't
0: I think so. I went to the Coca-Cola Museum and I, they actually, in the Coca-Cola Museum, do not mention that at any point.
1: That they had cocaine
0: in it? Not at any point. They talk, Really? They talk about it being, uh, being medicinal at first. They don't say what was in it. <laughs> the Coca-Cola also didn't work. Although, interestingly, soda, like Coke, has proven to be spermicidal. It just doesn't act quickly enough or go up into... Your actual uterus. I'm glad that's not in any of the commercials. Coke, it's spermicidal. (laughs) Coke, do not put in uterus. In 1935, Time magazine said that contraceptives had become big business with over 300 manufacturers in existence. But it wasn't until 1936 that the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals heard the case United States versus one package. I didn't look into what that meant.
1: Um, There's lots of sex jokes about one package.
0: There are, and so I'm like, is this one man's penis fighting this?
1: I would make a sex joke about one package, but that's low-hanging fruit. Divorce.
0: United States versus one package ultimately allowed doctors to distribute information about contraception as well as contraceptives themselves across state lines. This did not, however, overrule the state laws about contraceptives. You could still go to jail for, for using them. Kind of like, gosh, we have a lot of laws like that. Yeah. We have like this overarching, you know... Second Amendment gun law that's like, everybody can have a gun. You can give one to a baby on the way out. Callbacks. If you <laughs> if you cross from once a conceal and carry state into a state that's not conceal and carry, and then you get, or if a cop comes up to you, you can get arrested. So the laws being uneven are a problem. Yep. So in 1937, the American Medical Association finally recognized birth control as part of a doctor's standard practice. And in 1938, a judge lifted the federal ban on birth control, though, again, states had their own laws. So it's actually really confusing. You could have information about birth control, but not necessarily birth control. Like, there was still a federal ban on the birth control. You could just be like, hey, guys, there's this thing called condoms. You can't have them. But there's always been a black market for that stuff. And again, not having these things results in people doing stupid stuff to try to prevent pregnancy and making themselves sick. So,
1: Like drinking mercury and lead.
0: Yeah, and granted, back then, they had legitimately no idea that was bad for you. I'm, I think by the late 1800s, they had an inkling.
1: I know that um, in ancient China, like mercury was considered like part of a life-sustaining elixir mm-hmm. that would help keep you immortal, when mm-hmm. it did the exact opposite of that.
0: Is that the thing that turns people blue? Or is that I don't know. Silver nitrate, I think. I think silver
1: nitrate. Yeah. There's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, silver nitrate causes hypoxia. I don't remember anymore.
0: Now, in the 1950s, Singer is still around and still doing this. Um, and she knew that we needed more than just condoms. And then by then we also had cervical caps, which were because of Charles Goodyear, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Cervical caps are exactly, wh- exactly what they sound like. They're made out of a similar material to condoms, but they are... Inside the woman's body, they go over the cervix, and you have to put it in six hours before having intercourse. So that is not an effective birth control method unless you are planning well ahead to have intercourse. And I believe, I can't remember if I wrote it down further down or not, but it is less than 90% effective. Oh. Condoms are over 90% effective. Birth control is almost 99% effective. When you combine condoms, spermicide, and birth control, it is nearly, like, it would take God coming down and being like, pregnancy, for it to happen.
1: And that's only happened once.
0: Yes. Yes. There's only been one case of that. So Sanger went to biologist Gregory Pincus, who had done experiments with in vitro fertilization in rabbits. So in vitro has been around, at least in studies, since the 1950s, which is pretty cool. And because he was having successful in vitro, granted, rabbits, highly fertile. And asked him to research the hormones themselves that affect con- uh, conception. However, they didn't know that in Mexico City, a scientist named Carl Gerassi, it's D-J-E-A-R-D-J-E-R-A-S-S-I. So I assume he was actually Scandinavian or something.
1: Jerasi, maybe?
0: Um, uh. But in Mexico City, he had actually already created a progesterone pill out of wild yams, which could block ovulation. Wild yams? Yeah. Sweet. Now... One thing they don't teach you about birth control is how it works. And so I'm quickly going to get into it because if you decide to go talk to your doctor about birth control, they'll tell you, oh, it's a progesterone estrogen pill. But unless you ask more, they won't elaborate. And so I'm going to elaborate for you because even though you shouldn't be, I know a lot of people are still uncomfortable lengthening this conversation with your doctor. Also, if your doctor's not willing to have any conversations, find a new doctor. Uh, In the body, progesterone is a steroid hormone. It comes from the corpus luteum, luteum, latin which is a temporary endocrine gland. Women develop temporary gr- glands every month, Austin.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah, definitely didn't learn that in school. How fucking cool is that? Our body creates temporary, like, partial organs. <laughs> it's so cool. It shuts up after ovulation and causes the endometrium to prepare for pregnancy. So we did know that the endometrial layer thickens after when ovulation would be. But we didn't know it was caused by this. That's so cool. Jirassi's pill was able to block ovulation... So the endocrine gland didn't really occur, or at least didn't occur as much. Pincus went forward with his studies as well, developing a synthetic hormone and testing it on animals, yielding the same results as Jurassi's studies. Then a gynecologist named John Rock began testing it on women, and in 1956, the FDA approved these pills not for birth control, but for irregular periods, PMS, and other menstrual products. Or problems, not products. For other menstrual products. products. Let's pretend I meant tampons and not the production of menstruation. Oh, God, I wasn't even thinking (laughs) of that. Uh, The reason it wasn't marketed as birth control is because of laws that were still on the books in many states. Saying that it could prevent pregnancy would have likely resulted in a ban. So as Time said in 2010... The late 1950s had a, quote, sudden epidemic of menstrual irregularity in women across the U.S. This <laughs> is a joke, guys. It's a joke. It's not actually not a real thing. Women knew what it could really do. So this shows that women actually wanted this control over their bodies. They didn't want to have to do nothing but bear children all the time. And also, though, it really does treat these other things like being on the pill, which is what they're saying you like they don't want to cover. Being on the pill can actually keep you fertile. If you develop ovarian cysts, it can actually prevent the development. Ovarian cysts can result in your ovaries being removed, which is a non-reversible sterilization method. You will never have children that way. Birth control can actually save your fertility in this way. It also can regulate mood. It can prevent cramps. It can, if you have really bad periods and you have anemia, you can get very, very ill. It can help with skin problems. It does a lot of things that are not preventing conception. It just, like, honestly, preventing conception is almost an afterthought with all the things it can do. In 1957, G.D. Searle and company applied for approval on a pill called Inavoid. It was designed for gynecological uh, disorders like bad periods because Searle didn't think women could handle taking a pill on a daily basis to begin with, but especially if it was just to not get pregnant. In 1960... The FDA approved Enovid, an and within 202 years, 500,000 women were doing exactly what Searle thought they wouldn't and taking it as a contraceptive. Well, Searle was like, oh shit, I was wrong. And he pushed for it to be called a contraceptive. Partially because, you know, he actually wanted women to know what it was, but mostly because money, money, money. Five years later, nearly 6.5 million women were on the pill, as it was called, probably thanks to the culture of discretion that women had with their doctors. Like, going into the doctor's office now, women even just say, I just want the pill. And they don't want to talk about it. Please talk to them about it. There are side effects. That same year, the Supreme Court was tired of the state's shit and states were no longer allowed to ban birth control. Though only for, un- for married couples. Unmarried people were still allowed – states were still allowed to not let unmarried people have access to birth control.
1: But why?
0: Well, I mean, it's okay because – by 1973, 70% of women, married women between the ages of 15 and 44 were using contraception. And if you're getting married at 15, there are, you mean, who, who needs birth control if you're not married? Yeah.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Between 15 and 44, 70% of women were using some kind of contraceptive in their married life. That's not just the pill. That's condoms. That's cervical caps. That's everything. Because menopause usually starts around 45. Although women can be fertile until as old as about 60. So uh, yeah, men can be fertile until the day they die. Actually, and even, even a little after. bit after. <laughs> <laughs> a concern was that women who were illiterate wouldn't be able to adhere to the strict schedule as the, of the pill. You had to take it every day. You have to take it at the same time. Same thing now. Turns out, being illiterate doesn't mean you don't know what day it is or what time it is.
1: That's right. We, um, I honestly can't tell you what day it is or what time it is right now. But I think that's just a product of the. Quarantine.
0: Yeah, they told um, women in developing countries or her literacy issues to start the pill at the new moon. And you can see the new moon. And then they would take the pill at the same time every day, based basically on where the sun was in the sky. Like, this is, you don't need to be literate to know what's happening around you. You just
1: have to be able, you have to have access to sky.
0: Yeah. And after this long quarantine, more people have access to sky than we have in many, many years.
1: Except for the mole women. <sighs>
0: Um, In 1972, the states were finally told they could no longer ban unmarried people from using contraception. So 1972. Senate hearings in the late 1960s were about the dangers of high doses of the pill. The original dosage was 10 milligrams of progesterone and 0.15 milligrams of estrogen. It might seem counterintuitive that these female hormones associated with pregnancy could prevent it but working together, they do. Estrogen alone can cause cancer. So even menopausal estrogen contains progesterone. Progesterone stops the ovulation. Estrogen helps prevent issues like breakthrough bleeding, which if you are a dude and don't know, that is bleeding between your periods. They had some pretty uncomfortable side effects as do the ones today, nausea, bloating, so forth. But women were willing to deal with that. They were worse. On this higher-dose pill, and it was later discovered that lower doses worked just as well, so those were created, and they were cheaper to make. The Senate hearings about the dangers of the medicine determined that lower doses, even beyond that, were needed, and that doctors had to advise women about the additional risks that they were obese, smokers, had high blood pressure, or a history of blood clots for them or their family. These are still risk factors today. This is actually something that's kind of weird. The pill today is basically the pill that was developed in the 1950s. Whoa. It's largely the same medication. We have other options now, but it's basically the same with the same risk factors. You'd think, if this was for men, you know that they would have developed something that was improved by now. Oh,
1: please, it would would have been perfected by now. You'd take it once a year and it would taste like rum.
0: (laughs) By the 1980s, the high dose of the 10 milligram pill was completely gone. And today you can get pills with as little as one milligram of progesterone and 20 micrograms of estrogen. So they don't, like, today's birth control really... It affects everybody differently, but the effects are usually worse. They will determine your dosage because there are still, I believe, one to five milligrams of progesterone in them. They determine your dosage based on your individual medical needs. So it's not how much do you not want to get pregnant; it's what will work best for your body. And they will frequently have you reevaluate pretty often um, while you while you're beginning. So we can't, though, not bring up baby boomers in this. And boomers. We're actually not judging you at any point during this. Well,
1: not for this, anyway.
0: <laughs> this actually has very little to do with you, other than the fact that you exist. Baby boomers were born approximately between 1946 and 1964. In Betty Friedan's The Feminine Mystique, she wrote that by the end of the 50s, the United States birth rate was overtaking India's. Remember, you can be fertile through your 60s. Like, there have been women who have had babies in their 70s. Granted, there's usually medical intervention, but not always. But not always. And you can become fertile as young as about eight. Usually it's around 13 to 15, but and the youngest mother in history gave birth at five. Did you not know about this? No. Yeah. Five? Five. Oh. She started developing breasts and and had a period starting at three. Um, they never found out who the father was, but obviously it's assumed that it's a relative. Oh. Um So she had the baby. She didn't really understand what happened. He was raised as her brother. And I believe she actually outlived him. Um, anyway. But yeah, no, that's totally true. Look it up. Um, I believe she lived in Peru and then ended up in Chicago. So in the 1950s, people got married younger than now. So like I said, women between 15 and 44 were using birth control. Women got married even younger than 15. And meaning they frequently had several kids before they even hit their mid-20s. As we were taught in health class repeatedly, the only absolute method of birth control is abstinence. But it's rare for couples to want to live that way for most of their marriage. If a woman's like, I'm done having kids and I'm 20, that means 25 to 35 to more years of no sex at all. I mean, again, if that's your choice, you go ahead. You do you. But that is very unlikely. So they needed something else. Between the fact that women had begun really entering the workforce during World War II and realized, hey, I can do the same shit as men, and the civil rights law of 1964, more doors were opened and women didn't want to return to the home exclusively. Not all women, but a lot. The pill then added to that. Women, for the first time ever, were able to choose when to have children, and they could do it to structure around their college degrees or their jobs. And I do say when and not if, because back then it still wasn't really a choice. Birth control was not, a, was not usually considered a method to never have children, it was just a method to control how many and when. There obviously were women who used it to never have kids, but the social acceptable norm was to uh, use it in that way. In the 1970s, there were more Senate hearings about the safety of the pill, but it seemed to be more of a how can we control these women's bodies than a how can we keep women's healthy question. Today, that question is not as hidden as it was then. In the debates about birth control, the question is almost never, is it safe? Barring new medications, of course. It's, how can we prevent them from getting it? If the question today was, is it safe? The answer is yes, barring specific reactions. And it's actually safer for some women than not being on it. I mentioned the cyst issue already. I just brought it up too early. So yeah, it's actually safer for some people to be on it. So if you hear someone's on birth control, but they're a good Christian... Don't assume it's because they're going against whatever principles they've told you. It could be like literally saving their fertility or making them not go all stabby during their period.
1: I, I for <clears throat> one, appreciate not being stabbed.
0: Women today have other options as well. The permanent one that doesn't send you into menopause, obviously a hysterectomy does send you in- into menopause. I've heard women say that they want their uterus removed to ensure they don't have kids. I'm like, no, that sends you into immediate menopause. Getting your tubes tied doesn't. Having your tube tied, basically your fallopian tubes are cut or blocked. I believe they used to be burned. I didn't go too deeply into it. But now they can like basically stick like a little piece of silicon or something up there. And it blocks the eggs from coming down. And less than 1% of women have this go raw. It is permanent for less, for over 99% of women. We also have the ring, IUDs, skin patches, and injections, and the old school ones like the pills and cervical caps and all that. We have a lot of options. So if you're wanting to use birth control, figure out which one works for you. Compare the uh, success rates. Take the risks that you want to take with that, I guess. But the pill is the most effective form of birth control other than having your tubes tight. Now, I told you I would talk about men.
1: Good, finally. I know. I mean, it's like we've been talking about women for so long, and no one ever talks about men. We are never the center of all conversation.
0: <laughs> well, the thing I is- I was
1: being incredibly sarcastic. Please don't kill me.
0: <laughs> well, the birth control conversation does tend to focus exclusively on women. Like, even in your health classes, you probably were taught more about condoms than about the pill. And yeah. when you had those gender-separated com- classes, I'm sure you were taught about condoms. Yes. Women were taught this is what your period is at least in my experience, we were not taught this is how you get pregnant. We were not taught this is about birth control. So it was your body is changing and also your shoulders will sexually attract men, so dress modestly.
1: It's true, man. Every time I see a nice shoulder, it's like, oh man. That's why I'm
0: wearing a hoodie right now. I know. I can't I can't just have him staring at me like that. Say- so birth control has been more more available to men educationally and in reality because like, condoms are given out free in places. In the 1500s, Gabriel Fallopius... Of fallopian tube fame. He
1: invented the fallopian tube?
0: Yes, he just started sticking it in women and it just stayed. He suggested that men use linen as condoms to prevent the spread of syphilis. I'm guessing this didn't go too well. But it's that a start. Seems, that
1: seems itchy and rough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking it's probably a start. Mm-hmm. It probably prevented some syphilis. And it probably prevented some pregnancy. Kind of like masks prevent some coronavirus. Actually, it prevents way more coronavirus than this prevented syphilis, I best, I bet. Um, in the late 18th century, Giacomo Casanova, yes, that Cas- Casanova, who would actually be a very interesting topic for another time, has a painting of him where he seems to be blowing into a condom. Like,
1: <laughs> a, a painting?
0: Yes, a, full, took... a full-blown painting of him making a condom ready for use. Damn! That
1: mm-hmm. took dedication.
0: Uh-huh. He also took credit for inventing the cervical cap. We've talked about how the cervical cap is. It goes over your cervix. It is less than 90% effective. Blah, blah, blah. Less effective with him, especially because his was half of a lemon partially squeezed out. I can't imagine that was comfortable for anyone. Half
1: of a... Wait, it's like, were lemons smaller back then? Or because like... Well,
0: think about the lemons we've been getting from um, our food delivery. So the, been ranging getting,
1: ranging from like the size oh, of... Oh, also they
0: didn't have the GMOs.
1: Oh, okay. They just had natural Yeah, because like, there's like...
0: But also, remember, vaginas push babies out.
1: Yeah, but this is like the size of a grapefruit. (laughs) Some of the ones we've been getting.
0: And how big are babies' heads?
1: Oh my god. That can't be comfortable.
0: No. um, No, giving birth cannot be comfortable.
1: (laughs) Especially giving birth to half of a lemon.
0: Uh, So they had this half-squeezed lemon that they would stick up over her cervix. Just thinking about it. Like, have you ever gotten anything, like, lemony in your eyes? (laughs) Oh god or like up your nose anything that's a mucous membrane it's also not coming out oh god
1: sorry all I can think about is Beyonce's lemonade right now and it's broken me so
0: in 1844 Charles Goodyear the tire guy patented vulcanization methods for rubber which ultimately led to the mass production of condoms and cervical caps I don't think that was his intention (laughs) Uh, the first advertisement for condoms ran in 1861 yeah like over 150 years ago, was the first advertisement for condoms. It was in the New York Times for a brand called Dr. Power's French Preventatives.
1: What? Why don't we have
0: these amazing company names anymore? I, I, I love the euphemism, the French Preventative. I feel like snake oil salesmen ruined good company names. Yeah. The motto was, those who have used them are never without them. <laughs> I seriously hope that doesn't mean, like, the same one.
1: It's fused to your penis.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I'm putting in these helpful facts throughout this. Condoms are one-time use only. If you think there's any chance of a hole, do not use it. Uh, and that's for STD prevention and for pregnancy prevention. Doubling up actually makes condoms less effective. And spermicide makes them more effective. Condoms are one-time use only. <laughs> um, and condoms, like birth control, are used for more than one thing, but fewer things. Pregnancy prevention, preventing STD spreads. Now, we- I can't think of anybody who's like, yes. Let's spread the STDs. Although folks, there is evidence that having condoms available for your students in school nurse lounges as young as middle school does not increase the chance that they will have sex. It will just increase the chance of them having it safely. Um, Currently, the male options are abstinence, unreasonable over a lifetime for the majority of people, condoms, less effective than the pill, vasectomies, which are theoretically reversible, but not always. They can self-reverse resulting in unintended pregnancies, And they can be medically not reversible. So both things can happen, just not often. And there are things like spermicides, which alone are not especially effective. All that said, two male birth controls actually have been created. And men are refusing to consider it.
1: Why are they refusing to consider it?
0: Because of the side effects. Side effects? Nausea, weight gain, mood swings, fatigue, and reduced libido.
1: Well, first of all, like the mood swings... Um we have been conditioned to only allow emotional expressions at sporting events. <laughs> we can't risk that because if we like you know show an emotion like anywhere else, we will be ostracized by all men.
0: Mhm. I read an article a couple years ago by one of the guys who was in the test groups about it and he basically said like these are the side effects. Some men couldn't handle them because they're pussies, which is an ironic thing to put this as right now. These are the exact same side effects the female birth control pill has. Yes, it is. And there is no evidence so far that you can stroke out because of these, unlike the female birth control pill. So these are probably safer. And those side effects go away over time. Your body adjusts to the new hormone levels and it's like, okay, this is my stasis now. You stop having a lot of these. If you are still having nausea and stuff, bloating might still happen, but that's also part of just – even men have a monthly cycle. You know that. Mm -hmm. It's part of your monthly cycle, bloating and getting some mood swings and stuff. Everybody does it, male and female and in between or outside, everybody.
1: Or adjacent to.
0: Yeah. Like basically
1: every preposition can be used. If
0: you are a human being, you have some kind of monthly cycle. And so their body will adjust. If you're still having like severe nausea after about three months, call your doctor something's wrong. If you are having nausea and vomiting even during your first month, Call your doctor, something's wrong. Your body's not reacting right. So, men are refusing to consider it because they don't want to have to deal with the side effects women have been dealing with for over 50 years.
1: Oh, man.
0: Seriously. Seriously. And I, you know, you know me, I'm married to a man. What? <laughs> not you. Oh. <laughs> um, so, I obviously don't hate men, but why? Why are men?
1: <laughs> it's, the answer is complicated and can only be explained. Next to a barbecue grill by Hank Hill. Okay.
0: In 1968, a writer stated that the pill was on par at the discovery of fire and the creation of tools. And in the 80s, the British magazine The Economist said it was one of the seven wonders of the modern world. The actual seven wonders are sites. There is no doubt that the pill not only gave women more control over their bodies, but gave them options other than being a mom, if she doesn't want to be, being a mom to too many kids... Or, of course, the Hester Prynne shame of getting pregnant outside of wedlock, because people still get shamed for that, even in cases of rape. Your body doesn't just shut that down, don't listen to politicians. Um, I'm not going to get too much into sex ed, I could go on and on about it, but I'm not. But I do want to say that we know for a fact that in states where they give comprehensive sex ed that is beginning at a young age with age-appropriate topics like, these are your bodies these are what we do with our bodies. This is how, like, it starts off with literally, like, you have a penis, you have a vagina, here's where you pee out of, here's how to keep it clean. That's literally how it uh-huh. all starts. And
1: it's like, if someone touches you there, you need to tell an adult.
0: Yeah, so I don't understand what people are against teaching this. We're not telling three-year-olds how to have sex. We're saying, if someone touches you in your no-no zone, you go get a grown-up.
1: I I feel like a lot of it is someone reads a headline and doesn't read the article Mm -hmm. on a massive scale.
0: Mm -hmm. And then you start hitting actual conversations about sex, contraception, STDs, and pregnancy starting in around middle school. It has been proven that in states where this happens, they are not only less likely to get STDs or unwanted pregnancies, they're actually having less sex to begin with. Kids who are fully educated about sex are less likely to engage in it because the mystery is gone. They know how it works, so they don't need to find out on their own. And I I just don't get it. Educating them makes them not do it. Telling them not to do it, it's forbidden fruit now. You want it. Yeah. And developmentally, if you have teenagers, you know developmentally they want to do the opposite of what you tell them. So yes, tell them abstinence is the only foolproof way. That is scientifically accurate. But if you take the mystery out of this and take the shame out of it, it's going to be easier to not have a pregnant daughter or son who is a father at the age of fifteen.
1: Oh my god! I just sorry. This is slightly unrelated. I just realized my parents tricked me into liking mowing the lawn because I was a kid. It's like, Dad, can I mow the lawn. It's like, no, you can't until you're older. It's too dangerous. <laughs> And then all I wanted to do was mow the fucking lawn, and it stuck to me till, till, this,
0: till this day. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yep. So today, the vast majority, I can't believe, I accidentally deleted the statistic, but I think it's like over 90% of women will use contraceptives at some point in their life, not necessarily birth control, but some kind. And it, like I said, for a variety of reasons, not wanting to get pregnant, not wanting to get an STD, not wanting to have side effects that come with being a woman. Yeah, this is normal. And my one political stance, if it's not your body, shut the fuck up. If you want to train people in your religion and they are opting into your religion, that's your choice. But don't take away their right to have something that could literally be saving their organs. Not cool, bro. Not Not cool
1: at all. Thanks a fucking lot, Hobby Lobby. (laughs) They were one of the Supreme Court cases
0: about this, in case you're wondering. Now it's a bunch of elderly nuns who take care of elderly poor people, so it's really hard to hate them. I mean, I feel like I can hate them. I'm afraid of nuns.
1: Uh, these are elderly nuns. You shouldn't be afraid of them. They're slow. You cannot run them.
0: But they have magic powers. We've seen this in every single horror movie.
1: Uh, they, they can fly.
0: Yeah. Sally, Sally Field taught us that.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: You ready for some questions? <laughs> I'm
1: ready for some questions.
0: Will the fact that men and women have been trying to prevent pregnancy for thousands of years be on the test? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Will the Comstock Act be on the test? No. Will the fact that individual states banned married couples from using contraception be on the test?
1: Everywhere except Texas.
0: Will the fact that the birth control, that birth control is directly tied to the number of women in the workforce be on the test?
1: I would wish it was, but it's probably not going to be.
0: And will the fact that the main reason that the baby boom stopped, meaning our population is not completely overrun, is birth control be on the test?
1: Yes, because we already have enough boomers.
0: So it's, you, you know, your parents stopped having kids after you because birth control. If you're the last kid, birth control is almost definitely involved. Yep. Unless you, unless you were born right before your mom hit menopause or your dad... Died. <laughs> I was going to say ran <laughs> off with someone. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yours is less dark.
0: Is it though?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Because if he ran off, you could resent him. But if he died, it's just kind of like this... It's just sad. ...void. And it's like, you, it's like, it's a mystery.
0: It's just sad it's just if sad. your dad died. It, like, if your dad ran off with somebody, then it's just mean. Yeah. Your mom can run off with somebody, too. Yeah. Hopefully they don't run off with other people at the same time and leave you behind.
1: That would be a great movie. It's like both of your parents run off on the same day leaving notes for each other, and suddenly you're home alone.
0: I think that's more or less the plot of that Willoughby's movie that we we watched the trailer for, oh, which vilified uh, CPS, CPS Child Protective Services. like Child Protective Services is the, is the enemy. If they catch up with us, they'll take you away forever. And I'm like, okay, we can't be doing that, guys. This is why people don't get help.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're afraid of this. So yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's like this, uh, especially now when people are stuck at home with their oh, abusers. No. How long was yours? Tell me.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> I told you it was going to be long. Fortunately, mine is really short. And I managed to remain almost completely apolitical.
1: You did. I'm very proud and of you. And I
0: didn't once mention abortion. Wow. I did now.
1: I mean, now we've mentioned abortion.
0: But I, I'm not saying anything about it. I mean, we've it.
1: already had our abortion special with Dr. Muter. It's like, so. Especially
0: because abortion is not a form of birth control, so. Yeah. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> well, I mean. It's not a form of
1: contraception.
0: Yes, exactly. That's, and birth control literally means contraception. Yeah. It is not talking about. Portion, okay like that's just that's just de- definition wow.
1: <laughs> so ready to, are you ready to jump into mine
0: yes and then i want to eat as soon as we're done my stomach is growling
1: i know i can i bet the microphone picked it up i'm gonna have to edit out your stomach growls <laughs> that's probably gonna cut out some time so i am gonna talk i'm gonna be a little bit mysterious
0: i have literally no idea what his topic is
1: it's okay because it it is something i looked at a while ago and then when she said i'm doing this topic i knew it was gonna go on for forever so this is what i'd been avoiding doing because it was short so, I'm going to talk about something related to fashion.
0: It's about time.
1: I know. So, in school, we don't really learn a lot about fashion. Except like, you know, we learned I learned that Jinko jeans were the were the Ooh. only thing that I could do to make me cool, and if I didn't have Jinko jeans, I would never be cool.
0: I wanted them so bad, and my mom said no.
1: Yep. But we mostly don't learn like fashion history.
0: And I also really wanted this pair of pants at Hot Topic that were muppet skin. Like, they literally had fur. I wanted them so badly.
1: That sounds awful. And of course, we do learn a little bit in school about what our parents thought was cool. But that's mostly so we can make fun of their crushed velvet blue tuxedo that they wore to prom.
0: Austin, what did you wear to prom?
1: Or a crushed, I wore a crushed velvet green tuxedo with a peach shirt.
0: And what happened to that peach shirt?
1: I don't know. I think it ended up in your prop closet. Not mine.
0: Not mine. I was working at a theater completely unrelated to anything I had ever done before. I just happened to get signed on for one gig, and we were helping put away costumes, and we found Austin's shirt from prom. It was actually used in the show I was Actually, on. I didn't wear that to
1: prom. I wore okay. that to, uh, that was for Homecoming when they were voting on that. And oh yeah,
0: he was nominated for Homecoming King.
1: Because I wore a crushed velvet green tuxedo with a peach ruffled shirt. I also wore it to our Time Warp dances, like, every time we had one of those. But yeah,
0: so his shirt ended up, by chance, in a theater I worked in.
1: It was... It probably was the same shirt, because it was the same size, same color, same brand. Mm-hmm. So...
0: It's really unlikely that there was an identical shirt.
1: I mean, they matched Because you donated
0: the, it, I'm sure, like, when you were I dead. don't know.
1: Um, I kind of... I outgrew it. So one of my sister... My sister lent it to one of her friends, and it disappeared. So it just does It's gone. I don't know what happened to it. So... Since we're talking about fashion, fashionable hats have been also a thing, too. Like, the first known hat was a pictorial depiction of a hat of a straw hat in ancient Egypt, about about 3200 BCE. Even though hats were probably commonplace before that, we've also found them on, like, ice mummies. Like, the famous Iceman mm-hmm. that was found, like, in the, like, border regions of Italy.
0: The real Iceman, not the, the fake one.
1: The real Iceman? He had a hat made of bearskin. Sounds warm. And some other furs. Yeah, it was warm. Well, he was... It wasn't warm enough, apparently.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure... Oh, did you know that you don't actually lose the majority of your heat through your head?
1: What? We were taught that in school. That's not true. It feels like it's true because when we shaved my head, I was cold for days.
0: Well, I mean, your body do- is releasing heat differently, but yeah. you don't release them... Ad- like, it's pretty even everywhere. Yep.
1: Hats have been a kind of a stat- a status symbol for basically forever in lots of cultures.
0: I mean, that's why we were all wearing the Dr. Seuss hats in 1999.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the taller your hat is, the higher your status. Like
1: the straw hats were uh, in the nineteen te- in the nineteen tens and nineteen twenties in America, or as they were known collo- 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 as they were known colloquially, colloquially as boaters, yes. because people would wear them for light summer activities like boating, also known as and they were also known as Panama hats.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, um, costuming
0: teaches me a few. They things. were light
1: and perfect for summer and were quite fashionable and acceptable daytime attire for men of all classes until September 15th of every year. Because after September 15th, it was felt hat season, Mm. and you were not allowed to wear your straw hat until May
0: 15th. It's like the white, white pants after Labor Day. Yeah, it's
1: like white pants after Labor Day. It's just a rule that exists, and we don't know why. It's completely arbitrary. It's just there. It was... September 1st for a while but they changed it to the 15th because it's just as arbitrary.
0: Also well, also, you know, places like Arizona exist and summer doesn't stop in September. Right. Also uh everywhere's getting hit with blizzards right now. Yeah. Like it's May and I gather like today was Scotland's day one of no more lockdown and they got hit with a blizzard. Oh. The northeast is getting hit with a blizzard on their first day. Yeah, days. My,
1: my cousin who um went from went from San Diego to Buffalo, New York. Is posting angry photos of all of the snow.
0: I kind of wish it would happen here. Maybe he will stay home.
1: Maybe. Fingers crossed. It is kind of cold out today, but not snowy cold. Yeah. This straw hat policy was enforced. (laughs) If you were seen wearing- But that's
0: violating their constitutional rights, Austin.
1: It was, and nobody cared, because if you were seen wearing a straw hat- After September 15th, uh, people were allowed to rip it off of your head, throw it on the ground, and stomp on it.
0: Oh my god, that should be the punishment for like most
1: things. I mentioned this as I remember you wanting to cut rat tails off of kids we see in public.
0: In fairness, I wanted to do that as a child as well. Like I had a kid in my kindergarten class and I remember looking at the back of his head and thinking, I hate that and I want to cut it off. I was a good kid. I did not cut it off, nor have I as an adult assaulted a child and cut off a rat tail (laughs) yet. Although I think I'm getting punished right now because my hair is turning into a mullet.
1: We got we got ma- we got major quarantine hair happening.
0: At least you can shave your head. I can shave
1: my head. I trim my beard. I mean, I
0: guess I can shave my head. I did
1: kind of mess up trimming my mustache; it's a little uneven, so it'll grow out. But fine.
0: I can hear you better than normal. Yeah. With no slurping.
1: No slurping. The New York Times said this about it: "It's like people who wore uh, straw hats after the fifteenth were uh, may even be a Bolshevik, a <laughs> communal enemy, and a potential sub- subverter of social order."
0: I love everything about that.
1: So um, an editorial from the Pittsburgh Press in 1910 laid out some of these unwritten rules, like, it was okay to destroy a hat amongst your friends, but police have intervened many times in hat stompings, and it was not right for a stranger to yank off someone's hat and stomp on it in public. It was not polite to do that. But
0: only in private. You walk into a stranger's house, see if they're wearing a hat, rip it off. Yes. Just like you see if this married couple is using contraception.
1: Like watching through a hole in the wall. It's like, my God. I was about to say,
0: and then rip it off. And I'm like, oh, no.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. That man's wearing a straw hat and a condom.
0: (laughs) This is around the same time, isn't it? Yeah.
1: (laughs) So someone could have gotten in big trouble for wearing a condom and a straw hat while having sex. And if he got caught, oh, man. (laughs) And they had this quote. (laughs) They had this quote about this. Are you ready? No. (laughs) If the informality should become general, then there will sure to be a number of obstinate gentlemen, most likely with English blood in their veins, who will coolly proceed to treat the fun making as physical assault and defend themselves in a manner which will spoil the fun for all concerned.
0: So they were saying- That's a really wordy way of saying English people suck.
1: And also saying, it's like, yeah, this is fun, but someone's going get to get offended by this eventually and ruin the fun for everybody, which is kind of prescient because-
0: Well, it's not even prescient. That's just American.
1: Yeah, it's American. I mean, this was going to happen- is e- this
0: only in America?
1: This, the hat stomping? As far as I can tell, this is only an American thing. I don't know what- I mean, there might have been we some- We need
0: to bring back- hot, we need to have like a nationwide hat stomping holiday or people on September 16th go out and- Well, let
1: hats. me tell you why <laughs> that's a bad idea. <laughs>
0: Because- I'm sorry, you're allowed to pinch people, which is actually assaulting their body on St. Patrick's Day, so you can take a hat and stomp on it. Also arbitrary. Well,
1: also, in in New York City, it was more common for gangs of street youths to uh, snatch your hat and stomp on it in the street if you were caught wearing one after this date. It was considered good fun for them. Sure. Well, on September 13th of 1922, all hell broke loose because a gang of young men decided that it was close enough- and that they were going to go ahead and start hat stomping early. Oh, Whenever Taylor was Dosey,
0: who's in charge of all of this, is pissed. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, especially since the uh, first group they came across was a bunch of dock workers coming home from work. Oh, fuck! So when they uh, ripped off their hats... Wait, what
0: and what state is this in? What city is this in? This is in New York City. Okay, I have... I come from family that's, uh, Boston dock workers that would not end well with boston ones it did end well
1: with the new york city ones because it started a large scale brawl that quickly spread across the entire east side of manhattan <laughs> uh, it more or less shut down the entire east side there were hundreds of people fighting and when the police managed to break up this like fighting and rioting in one area it would just they would, yeah. they, would they would just go to another place and start it again Um, They actually had bonfires of straw hats in the streets. Um, Now, this happened overnight. Overnight, um, people were, like, you know, this is broken up. Seven people ended up being arrested and were fined $5 for disorderly conduct. And I shit you not, Magistrate Hadding (laughs) of the Men's Night Court said, It is against the law to smash a man's hat, and he has a right to wear it. In January in a snowstorm, if he wishes. And he said that hat hat smashing was simple assault, and he hoped that this stern warning would prevent further hat smashings. Okay,
0: just to clarify, before this, was it illegal to not be wearing a hat at all?
1: No, you could absolutely not wear a hat. It was just fashionable. Could
0: you wear a different type of hat other than these two? I mean, yeah, you could.
1: But, you know, if you're wearing a straw hat after this day, uh, it's against fashion law. And the fashion police... The fashion police were real! The, no, the fashion police was the fashion angry mob.
0: Hey, you could be... It said you could be fined for it.
1: Oh, no. They were... The the, uh, the people who were taking these hats off and started the riot.
0: No, I, th- the I thought in the last page you said that you could be fined for wearing the hat. No. Oh.
1: I did not say that. So... Oh, also a note. The original New York Times article about this I looked up because I thought there's no fucking way this guy's name was Magistrate Hatting. <laughs> it was. But the article ran alongside a half-page ad... For a hat shop. (laughs) You know that shit's intentional. Oh yeah, that had to be. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, the rioting did not stop after a single day. Of course not. It lasted three days. (laughs) New York City shut down. Even bridge traffic got halted by riots.
0: over a straw hat. Straw
1: hats in general. Police reserves were called in. But it became difficult because many off-duty police officers were assaulted for wearing straw hats. Roving mobs of hundreds of youths took over entire neighborhoods. <laughs> youths, youths. Uh, gangs would huddle in doorways and wait for people to drop walk by with a straw hat, so they could jump them, beat them, and smash their hat.
0: Okay, seriously though, three days. Are people st- are people doing this on purpose at this point? Wearing oh, their yeah. straw hats.
1: Well, we'll get into that in a second. Some hat snatchers started using pieces of wood with nails driven into them so they could more easily snatch hats off of people's heads, even though this could cause and did cause serious injuries. Mm -hmm. So not only were there angry mobs, but they were waving around boards with nails in them, chasing people with straw hats. One police officer reported being chased by a mob of 1,000 angry youths. (laughs) A police lieutenant... Um, uh, called the fathers of some arrested boys to come out and give them spankings. Good. Yeah, I mean, th- they probably deserved it because this is shitty behavior. Um, the hat sellers actually ended up coming out on top of this because felt hat sales went through the roof yeah. during this time. So There's, like, people who liked their straw hats and didn't want to take them off before it was time were still wearing them. And then, like, you know, people who just didn't have a felt hat and didn't want to be seen without a hat were still risking it wearing straw hats. And it also became kind of like a fight because like, hey, these kids are saying I can't wear my straw hat. Well, it's not the 15th yet, motherfuckers. Come at me.
0: So it was just a citywide riot. I feel like that's what people who are refusing to wear masks when they know they have to are doing. Oh, oh yeah, motherfucker, come at me. Well, the thing is, um, we just saw at a Walmart that a cop will, in fact, come at you when you start screaming at the Walmart employees.
1: Yeah. So this is a very American event.
0: Yeah. So in the end,
1: lots of arrests were made. Most were just given a $5 fine. Some received 30-day jail sentences because they could not pay the fine. Mm-hmm. And nobody died. Wow. But the riots did continue for two more years around <laughs> this time of year. And in 1924, one man actually did die when he really started fighting back against the people who stole his straw hat and he ended up dying in the fracas. Fracas? Fracas?
0: I don't think it's pronounced fracas. I'm pretty
1: sure it's pronounced fracas. Are you looking up?
0: I sure as fuck am. You're right.
1: And it's on. it's been recorded. I was right. This is the third time this year.
0: Fracas, a noisy disturbance or quarrel? Quarrel. Quar- quarrel. Yeah.
1: Professor Quarrel was the not involved. The example
0: in- sentence. The fracas was broken up by stewards. Which
1: way, right, that's why Professor Quarrel was wearing the turban instead of a straw hat. Because he was afraid that these gangs of wizard youth would, y- would yank the straw hat off of his head and reveal Voldemort.
0: Could a straw hat cover up Voldemort?
1: Not very well, because there's holes in them. Yeah. But he'd be able to breathe better. And if he was the Dark Lord, I think you'd want him to be able to breathe better than, like, under a turban.
0: I think I think Quirrell was breathing for him. Mm, <laughs> the,
1: the anatomy of Quirrell's head must have been terrifying.
0: <sighs> so, yeah. Uh, then in
1: 1925, to kind of put an end to it, Calvin Coolidge made a silent statement because, of course, Calvin Coolidge made a silent statement.
0: A silent statement?
1: Silent Cal. He was known for saying very few words. Mm. His silent statement was publicly wearing a straw hat on september 18th he was uh made fun of for a long time in the news for his fashion faux pas but the actual riots and hat snatching has kind of stopped after that it's
0: like obama wearing a a tan suit
1: and using dijon mustard
0: dijon mustard
1: remember when that was a
0: legitimate
1: fucking scandal people so yeah that's when this all kind of ended eventually the, the straw hats went out of style and shit like this stopped happening. What with the depression and World War Two. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so that was me making fun of the Jazz Age and talking about the Straw Hat Riots.
0: That's bananas.
1: This truly bananas.
0: This like, but that's the world Taylor Dosi would want to live in.
1: Straw Hat Riots.
0: Right before it, when there was laws about what you could and could not wear.
1: Yeah. Sorry, you ready for some questions? I am. Will the fact that s- that fashion laws used to be enforced with mob violence be on the test? No. Will the fact that people used to wear straw hats and they were called boaters be on the test?
0: In a the theater class, yeah. so why I knew what those were.
1: Ooh. Will the fact that, kings, that roving gangs of street youths shut down New York City for three days be on the test?
0: No, it will give them ideas.
1: I'm just imagining like today's kids, like what would they be so passionate about that they would start writing in the streets and numbers to shut down New York about?
0: you know, I could make a joke answer here about something with apps or phones or something, but having worked with kids for so long, they are so aware like these are the like they like if we if we were in school right now, the AMA um, uh, the the I can't remember his last name.
1: The uh, shooting in Georgia.
0: The shooting in Georgia. I don't want to get his name wrong. That would be, we'd be talking about that in class. That is the kind of thing that they would gang up about.
1: Yeah. So I guess kids, um, remember, if like people can like start this shit over straw hats in the 20s, you guys can get up off your asses and shut down America. They probably don't want you learning that.
0: Yeah, you guys actually do have the ability to change things, and sharing something on the internet is not going to do that. Nope. You actually need to get up and do something, which is not easy for anybody. No. But do not start a riot. Don't do that. People get hurt, people die, people get arrested, and in many cases you'll end up with a felony on your record, which will fuck you up for life.
1: And, of course, the most important question, will the fact that fashion laws are just basically arbitrary be on the test? Okay. Still don't wear white to someone's wedding? No, that's but rude. that's just because ru- that's, that's rude. But, but
0: okay, question back at you. Is a law saying you have to wear bottoms and can't just Winnie the Pooh wear, is that arbitrary?
1: I mean, no, but man, it's like... That, I mean... If someone wearing a straw hat after the 15th is as offensive to you as someone Winnie the Pooing it, I would be shot.
0: Also, like, is mandating clothing at all constitutional?
1: Ooh. But, so, I, part of me wants to scream out, my rights... But part of me says, no, that's a reasonable limitation on freedom of expression.
0: Yeah. And the difference between having to wear pants and having to wear a mask is that you can get a medical exception for wearing a mask. You cannot get a medical exception for wearing pants. So if you recently had some kind of surgery right where your bottoms would go, and especially if you are someone who does not wear dresses, you're kind of fucked. Or if you are someone who does not wear dresses and you have a cast from foot to thigh, it is very hard So there are medical exceptions for masks, not for pants.
1: Yep. So, I mean, at that point, gentlemen, if that happens to you, wear a muumuu or a nightgown.
0: As far as I'm concerned, if you're going to protest masks, you just have to go all in and protest all clothing.
1: No! Have you seen the mask protesters? I do not want to see them naked.
0: I sure have. And honestly, you you can't pick and choose. All clothing is unconstitutional if that one piece is unconstitutional.
1: Mm. Yeah, gross. So yeah, that was the Straw Hat Riots. Very nice. What's something you learned? I learned so much. Just so much. Like, first of all, contraceptives have been around for thousands of years. That it was, like, it stopped the baby boom. And that people have gotten stupider since the 50s on some things. And that's just shocking to me.
0: I learned that it used to once be legal to steal someone's hat and stomp it because they made a faux pas. Yeah. I mean, it's illegal now. Probably not something enforced. It was. was,
1: it, It was still illegal, But it was socially
0: acceptable.
1: Mm. Kind of like downloading music or like, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's illegal, but it's socially acceptable. Like, if your friends find out that you downloaded a song, they're not going to disown you.
0: Except for that one lady, like, 10 years ago or maybe more, who they decided to make an example of. And of course, she was a single mother of color who had downloaded not too many songs without paying for them. And they were, like, tens of years in jail or hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines. Well, you know, frat guy McGee down the street had an entire computer full of nothing but music. Oh okay.
1: god! I there is someone who comes to the library and loudly boasts about the multiple terabytes of music they've pirated.
0: Just get fucking Spotify. Yeah, it's come on, it's legal. It's legal. All right, we actually have gone so far over, so I think we should do a wrap up. Where can they find us?
1: Uh, they can find us at On the Test Pod on Twitter. Uh, at on the Test pod on Instagram, on Facebook.com slash OnTheTestPod, and our website, OnTheTestPod.com.
0: We are available on pretty much every major service. We got our eighth rating on iTunes this week. I'm very excited about that. Yay. But we're also on Spotify and Google Podcasts and Podcast Republic and basically anywhere. If you're listening to this, you know where we are. Uh, we use Podbean as well. And tell a friend, rate, review, subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Download helps us out a lot. Yep. And we need to get out of here because we probably—I'm guessing at an hour forty-five at least.
1: Oh yeah, And I had a short one. And it was still—it still feels like it was very long.
0: All right. So on that note,
1: class dismissed. C- class
0: dismissed. That was bad. Right? That was bad.
1: Ready? Ready? Class dismissed.
0: dismissed. Oh, not that bad. Cool. I was. Oh, I only We're actually point. where we usually stop. Yeah, we're still recording right now. I know. Well, we will just gonna keep talking because we promised you an hour forty-five.
1: Okay, cool. What are you gonna talk about for the next twenty minutes?
0: Is that a is that a challenge? No, because I know you
1: can. <laughs> There's nothing stopping you from talking for hours on end. Not even you. Not even me.
0: All right guys, have a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday.
1: Bye.